Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, I'm Jill, and thanks for joining us for another Talk for 12. In this two-part series, we'll be looking at humour and fun. I'm joined by Rosemary. She's passionate about scripture in schools, she likes castles and gardening, and if she could travel overseas, she would visit England. Rosemary has spent some time thinking about the question, does God have a sense of humour? Thank you for joining us today, Rosemary. Thanks, Jill. There's nothing quite as satisfying as a good belly laugh. We've all been there, mixing up a sentence, clumsily making a mess, cackling at a good pun on the TV episode. It feels good, so it must be good, right? Well, there are those times, however, the joke just doesn't sit right. Does it make us ponder, perhaps, that there is a fine line between a good funny moment and crossing the line into disrespect? The medieval Puritans and Basil of Caesarea, a bishop from the 300s, certainly thought so. They recognised God as someone holy, to be feared, someone of judgment, wrath and power, with grace, love and mercy. In their desire to show utmost respect to their God, there must be no question of contempt or facetiousness. The Puritans' response was extreme. Laughter was sinful. For Basil, he said the Christian ought not to indulge in jesting, he ought not to laugh or even to suffer laugh-makers. Not the life of the party. But it does raise the thought, can a holy God have a sense of humour? What is a sense of humour anyway? If we were to define it, we would easily say that it is just finding amusement in something to see how utterly ludicrous a situation is or something's absurdity. This is fine, great even, that is until we put our fallen world into the mix. Christian author C.S. Lewis saw humour more broadly, both positive and negative, so he broke it into four types, joy, fun, the joke proper and flippancy. Now, flippancy does not give humour a good name, but it is what's saturating our screens and music. So many use God's holy name as a casual byword, flippantly or irreverently. If that doesn't sit right, it shouldn't. This demeans and dishonours God. God also made it clear in his word in Ephesians 4.29, we are to have no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. So then, if our words and humour are coarse, we are actually countering Scripture's very command. Not a suggestion, a command, for it demeans and dishonours his creation. In the same vein, the joke proper trivialises our personal sin, and these wry observations can lead to straight cynicism and arrogance. I think we can agree this is not a reflection of God's character. This isn't humour he can be associated with, as God is light and in him there is no darkness. Are we left wondering then, is there a humour that doesn't detract from God's holiness, or are we left to agree with the sourpuss Puritans or the Dow Basil? Fortunately, I don't think it is all doom and gloom. If we go right back to the beginning, Genesis 1.27 tells us that God created people in his image. So then, if people have an ability to appreciate the ludicrous, God also will perceive the ludicrous. 
I mean, we only have to look at his creation to see this. God delights in what he has made. It shows his glory. He created dolphins with a permanent cheerful grin, joyful songs in birds and playfulness in our pet dogs and cats. We can laugh our heads off as we watch absurd animal antics and listen to the funny things kids say and do. Laughter and humour are so much part of us living with each other. Proverbs 7.22 even tells us that a cheerful heart is good medicine. C.S. Lewis saw that too in the positive humour types of joy and fun. These actually promote charity, courage and contentment. So if humour is good for us, bringing joy and fun into our lives and building relationships with each other, where is its place in relating to God respectfully? The theologian Spurgeon once said, A hearty laugh is no more levity than a hearty cry. In other words, he is saying that a serious message and humour are not mutually exclusive. With a smile, I can already think of a few good Old Testament events that show this well. Do you know the story about the prophet Balaam and his donkey? Picture the Israelites encroaching on Moabite territory. Naturally, King Balak of Moab was seriously annoyed and sent for Balaam because he highly regarded him as a diviner and wanted him to put a curse on the Israelites. Now, Balaam did seek counsel from God and is given instruction to go. However, God knows his heart actually just seeks monetary reward from Balak rather than doing what God instructs him. So Balaam sets off on his trusty donkey. But along the way, God sends an angel that only the donkey can see to block the way. This happens three times, with the donkey either swerving or refusing to go any further, naturally terrified. In all these times, Balaam mistreats his donkey, annoyed. After the last time, however, the donkey speaks. No, this is not a Shrek moment. This is for real. Just imagine... The donkey's lips pulled back, teeth protruding, ears flat, and eyes wild, super cranky. And she speaks. But the weirdest thing is, the Balaam, without missing a beat, speaks back. I can only envisage Balaam's wife's face when he returns home, as Balaam explains what happened. God used humour in all its absurdity to communicate that he knows and sees the pride and greed in Balaam's heart. I also really enjoy the irony and slapstick of the recalcitrant prophet Jonah, the ultimate drama queen. It is quite a series of events. He gets chucked in the ocean when trying to run away, is saved by a big fish, spat out on the very shores he was trying to get away from, sullenly delivers the message God had instructed him to do in the first place, and then fully sulks when it is successful. Nothing will stop God's purpose of mercy and compassion to the lost. We can also get a giggle from Proverbs, which are just brimming with God's sense of humour. One of my favourites is Proverbs 21.19, where it says, Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Solomon, what were you thinking having so many wives? If we check out Psalm 2.4, we find he who sits in the heavens laughs. He holds them in derision. Interesting. So God himself laughs. One of my favourite examples is when God laughs through his prophet Elijah. It's a contest between Baal and God on Mount Carmel. 
the prophets of Baal call on their god to light the sacrifice. It was quite a display of wailing and dancing. Hmm, but nothing happens. So Elijah pokes fun at them and says, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. However, we must understand God does not laugh at his children with scorn, and neither should we. God's laughter is to show how ludicrous, futile, and ultimately powerless the wicked and false gods are before the Almighty God. So God the Father has humour. But did Jesus show this characteristic? C.K. Chesterton, a Christian writer who was known for his humorous take on life, uncharacteristically didn't think so. I don't agree. If we look at John 14.9, Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. So logically then, Jesus will also show humour. Jesus' humour, however, used irony, innuendo, sarcasm and wordplay that it can often be lost on our 21st century minds and culture. However, his audience got it. They'd have enjoyed Jesus' ridicule of the Pharisees when he used the absurd expression of them straining a gnat while swallowing a camel and the exaggeration of pointing out a speck in your neighbour's eye but being unaware of the log in your own. And they would have appreciated the puns and irony in the wordplay on the impulsive Peter. His Greek name was Petros, and his name meaning steadfast rock, which in Greek is Petra. And can't you imagine the resurrected Christ's delight as he would have seen John racing Peter to the empty tomb? You can almost hear John saying, I'm first. Christ clearly valued humour. On his Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6, he said, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Did you catch it? Laughter is a blessing, it is a gift, and its giver is God, the one who gives all good gifts. It's important to remember, though, that God isn't all just about the funny side. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to weep and a time to laugh. So then we don't need to feel that we have to see the humorous side in all things or humour in every biblical event. There are times in life when it is a time to weep, when sorrow overwhelms us. The good thing is, however, that there is a promise that this time of sorrow will end. So back to Basil and his bag of no laughs band. Basil missed God's sense of humour and that it lies at the heart of his word. Sadly, he missed the joy that runs through the Bible from the laughter of Sarah at the absurd idea of having a kid in her old age to, if you think about it, the most ludicrous event of all, the Son of God being born as a human, poor and lowly, instead of in rich finery. In all this, it's still about how God loved us so much he made a way to reconcile relationship and bring salvation through Jesus' shameful death. God wants a relationship with us, and I believe that humour is part of that relationship. That's why we enjoy it in many of our day-to-day -day relationships as well. So smile, because Jesus has set us free from the chains of sin. We are free to pursue everlasting joy and fun, and free to enjoy God's holy, good sense of humour. I love this, Rosemary. 
Thanks for reminding us of how wonderful our God is, including his humour. Thanks, Jill. It was a pleasure. Next episode, I'll be joined by Alex and we'll be sharing the question, where is the fun in the Christian life? We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.